Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Queers a podcast about politics and culture with Simon Copland and Benjamin Riley. It's the 28th of September 2016. I'm Benjamin Riley. And I'm Simon Copland. Welcome to Queers. Each episode we talk our way through questions on a theme, and this week we're talking about community. Uh, before we start, though, uh, we say this at the end of every episode, but we thought we'd put it at the start this time because it's super important. Uh, if you like the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes. And even more importantly, leave us a rating and review. It's the best way for us to get the word out. Now, back to this week's topic. Uh, last week, we tried to have a bit of a week off and talk about some happy things, uh, like our favourite TV show, RuPaul's Drag Race. Um, but us being us, or maybe Ben being Ben, uh, <laughs> we couldn't get through the conversation without it in turning into an analysis of everything that's wrong with the world. I, re- I reiterate that I blame Ben. Since that brief discussion, we've been thinking a lot about something we touched on then, the idea of community. It's a word queers use a lot, and a word that's used a lot in relation to queers. We talk about the gay community, the LGBTI community, even the queer community, but what are we actually talking about when we talk about these things? Why do we use the language of community so freely? Uh, This comes at a time when, in Australia, uh, and I guess around the world, queer people are often expected by politicians or mainstream media to have and to be able to articulate singular political positions on issues like marriage, same-sex adoption, sex education, and more. So it seems important to be able to deconstruct this idea of what a queer community actually is. This is a pretty big topic, and I'm hoping we'll touch on some of those ideas in this discussion, but let's start somewhere a bit more specific. Simon, what would you say was your first experience with something you might call a queer community? Yeah, so I was thinking about this um, before we started, and I think that maybe I have two spaces that I would have identified um, in my sort of late teenage years, or, you know, 16, 17, uh, one online and one offline. So I think the first proper space that I would have identified as a bit of a queer community was uh, this website uh, in Canberra called... QNet, QNet it was, uh, which was a sort of online chat and discussion space that 
um, that I used to go to as a sort of probably not out kid at that point of time, but it was, you know, you had sort of regular people who would go and, and chat about a whole range of different things around being about being queer in different forms on that space. Uh, I think my second experience of what I'd call a queer community was then when I had come out, I started going to a... Um, uh, com uh, sort of uh, LGBTI community or support group for young people, a youth group maybe is the best term, um, called BitBent, uh, which I then became really actively involved in very quickly. Uh, and, you know, got to know a lot of people there and become very good friends with a lot of people there and, and went, you know, weekly for four years. I went to this, went to this group. Uh, and really uh, that was my first sense of community there and it was a very important place for me um, at that point of time and remained something that was quite important to me. Um, helped me find um, people I really connected with and also to talk about a whole bunch of issues that uh, I didn't have other people to talk uh, talk about with, if that makes sense. So, you know, so, so I was able to connect to people about gay stuff in ways that I couldn't connect with other people. Sure. Yeah, what about you? Uh, I probably didn't really find anything as early... Because how old were you when you came out? Uh, 16, I think. Sure. So I I didn't really properly come out until I was about 19. So I'd left school already and um, had my first experiences with kind of any... I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say community, but with um, like queer... I mean, people even was uh, when I, I I took a, a gap year after high school and, and moved to um, to Poland of all places and uh, went to my first gay bars in Warsaw, uh, but certainly wasn't. I, mean, I was just kind of going there by myself, like not really knowing what I was doing. Um, even when I got to uni, I didn't really. Um, I remember kind of late at university, you know, my my kind of people at uni, I guess, tended to be more the sort of um, student media type people. That was kind of what I got involved in. And it wasn't until later on that I made a conscious decision to, to want to, um, I guess, explore queer stuff more and um, look into what communities there were on campus. And I remember, um, I mean, I had queer friends, although they, they were all sort of people I'd met um, through, uh, yeah, again, not through anything like a kind of community. Um, and a few of us went along to the queer collective um, at the Melbourne Uni Student Union and used to kind of go weekly for a long time. And I guess that was the first first time I um, became involved in anything like that. But it but it really um, we we kind of hated it. We kind of would go along to these things and, and found it sort of impenetrable. Not, I mean, in in some ways intellectually, but um, more so just socially that it was this really kind of um, tight knit clicky group that, that we found it quite difficult to, to access and to feel a part of. Um, and then I guess when I first started writing for the star observer, that was my first exposure to the sort of broader, I guess what you might call a, the more political queer community in, in Victoria, um, and and the kind of writing I did there, and, and now the kind of work the work that I continue to do in the HIV sector is is all couched in in that. So I guess that's um, those were my first experiences. But in each case, I, I would say that I I really found it, and I guess this is part of my interest in the topic. I found it very difficult to um, uh, 
uh, access these communities and and really sort of feel a, a, a part of them. Mm. That yeah, that's interesting. Um, I mean, I think what's been interesting for me is that uh, so I found it very easy to access. Um, the sort of youth group community that I went to and I, and I slotted into it very, very quickly. Uh, but since that time, since I've left that group, I've, I've had few sort of quick engagements with, you know, what you would call a queer community at that point of time, uh, since then. So when I went to university, I sort of became friends with both a mixture of queer and straight people and uh, that, you know, stayed friends in, in that, uh, but that was not sort of a, a queer community. The only other real experience I've had with a proper queer community is when I joined a gay rugby team in Brisbane for a couple of years. And even, and, and again, that was something that I found, there were parts of it, there were parts of it that I slotted into really well, but there were parts of it that I found very, very clicky uh, and at times quite difficult to break into. Uh, and, you know, it's the kind of, you know, I've got some friends that are around from there, but I don't have, you know, lifelong connections, many lifelong connections from that space, even though mm. I was involved in the team for a couple of years. So I can see what you're saying about it being difficult to break into these groups quite often. Sure. Um, and I don't, I don't know, you know, I would never want to sort of universalize my experience and, and I know that a lot of people um, take a lot of comfort from these communities, but uh, I do. That, I mean, I guess that's a narrative that I that I do hear quite a lot. Um, is that they can they, these spaces are often accessible on a sort of uh, this is an imperfect word, but a sort of superficial mm. social social level, maybe. But but those lifelong connections, I guess, those deeper connections are not there. I mean, are you are you able to to pass out? Um, in any more detail, the the distinction between what you did find accessible and what you didn't, in the case of the the gay rugby team, for example. Um, sure. I think. I mean, I think the reality of the the situation was that you had a whole bunch of people from very different backgrounds uh, and from very different perspectives on the world who came together into a team. And I guess that happens in all sports teams in many ways. Sure. Um, and the, the the major connection, I think this is stuff we're going to get into, the major connection there being sexuality or who, you know, who, we're, who we fancy in terms of, you know, people, dudes who are into dudes. Um, <laughs> and just because you're into dudes doesn't mean that you create, you have a an, an immediate connection with someone you know, in terms of in an emotional or intellectual level, et cetera, et cetera. So I found two things. So I found that um, I uh, there was there was particular people who fit a what I would call a pretty um, I don't know. There was a maybe maybe this is just how how I see it, but a bit of a gay stereotype of sort of the the guys who. Uh, like to go out every every weekend and can often be quite cliquey with each other and a bit superficial in terms of things like looks and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and those were the people I've, I really struggled to break into and I didn't, to be honest, in many ways, didn't really have that much desire to break into. Uh, and then there were the the others who weren't who weren't part of that who were sort of the uh, who were the ones I ended up becoming friends with who who weren't part of that space. Now we could have ended up being just as clicky clicky as the other part of the team. I'm I'm pretty sure that could be the case as well. To be you know that we were we ended up being clicky too. Um, but I guess the the key thing there was that. Um, just because we were all gay doesn't mean we all connected in some kind of way. And that's meant that some parts I found really difficult to break into. Some people I became really good friends with um, because we connected more on other on other levels. There were other things that connected us. It wasn't just the sexuality wasn't enough. 
Sure. I mean, I feel like that kind of leads neatly into some of the bigger questions here, which is, I mean, I guess two kind of main things for me. First of all, the the weirdness that we, you know, what what you just said, I I I think is probably, you know, true in a to a lot of um, degrees. They're not maybe completely about um, uh, se- sexuality or who we're attracted to not being a kind of um, enough of a sort of glue to hold relationships mm. together. Um, and, and that, I guess, contrasting with the fact that, and yet, like, it is difficult to point to another part of um, society where community and that sort of language is used more freely than with, um, you know, minority groups um, like sexual minorities. And so the, the, there's kind of a weird thing there, I guess, as to, like, why why do we do that? Um, I guess the, the, second, the second point is maybe we should take a bit of time now to break down what the fuck we actually mean when we say community, because I think it's, it's one of those words that's just used a lot. Um, but almost like queer is a kind of comparable thing. We, we, um, we use it sort of in lots of different and, and often perhaps contradictory ways. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure which the best one to start with is. Let me start with the first one um, around sexuality. I think that what was interesting to me is that while sexuality wasn't enough, it was in some places for me, it is an important starting point. Uh, so the reason I wanted to join a gay rugby team, the reason I'm not in a rugby, one of the main reasons I'm not in a rugby team now when I've, I've moved away from Brisbane was that I didn't particularly want to be in a straight rugby team. Uh, and being in a gay rugby team, there was a, a sort of automatic that made me feel much more comfortable to start off with, that I could be more of myself, if that makes sense. And that going into a straight rugby team, there's, you know, straight dude sports are full of that sort of constant casual homophobia, uh, the sort of masculinity around sexuality that I find very, very difficult to engage with, uh, whereas being in a gay rugby team... I didn't have those worries to start off with. So, sure, so it's like a safety thing. Yeah, yeah. Sexuality wasn't enough, but it was an important starting point uh, for me in those spaces. Now, that's not always the case for me. So I don't always have to be around those spaces, but I can understand why, pe- why people do only want to engage in those spaces. Um, so it's, it is a safety thing, but it's, it's, it's kind of a safety thing, but it's also just a comfortableness thing. It's a, it's a, you can be a bit more of yourself. You don't have to be guarded around, around your sexuality, which is, which is an important part of your life. Um, and you know, for many, many people, um, a lot of their identity is connected to sexuality. So I can see how that, that comes um, how that works. Sure. I, think... I mean, it's why I, I enjoy going to gay bars every now and again because yeah. it's just nice to kind of be in that space where homosexuality is is the norm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that the other element to that is that um, sexuality gives... And we've sort of discussed this a little bit last week in our last episode as well, that sexuality gives sometimes gives space to explore different cultural forms that um, might not might not occur in straight communities. So I mean, we talked about sure. drag drag last time, and that the being comfortable with sexuality uh, and not having those questions raised all the time allows people to go beyond and create other different sorts of cultural forms. Drag is a perfect example of that in both for both drag queens and drag kings in you know. In, um, um, 
women who do that. I think that there's an exploration of different sort of cultural forms that comes with their comfortableness around sexuality that starts off, you know, that starts off in some of that space or, you know, a sort of not being constantly questioned about it. Sure. So I think- and I mean, and I guess like, you know, over, over time that, I mean, that's just a culture, you know, yeah, like it becomes right. just, you know, there is such a thing as a, as a, as a queer culture or queer mm-hmm. cultures. Yeah, and I guess that's where we're going to go down to what is community and what's different mm. community and culture in this context. I, I, I don't know. Well, I think I mean I think the kind of obvious point to make first of all is that uh, often you know I I um I, I've written a lot of news stories about uh, LGBTI people in my time and and uh, there are only so many ways that you can find ways to talk about them without effectively just referring to um, LGBTI people mm. or queer people or gay people as this kind of monolithic group and mm. community becomes a shorthand essentially for um, demographic I think um, and you know I, 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 I think that we should push back against the idea that um, being gay, for example, automatically makes you part of a gay community. Because I think, I mean, to me, what a community is, is something quite um, specific. Uh, And I I, I mean, tricky to define in a lot of ways, but I I would say it involves a kind of um, uh, mutual interdependency among a group of people. Um, I mean, that's like super kind of broad, uh, but whether that's like, I mean, a, a sporting club is actually a really good example of a, a community in that it's, you know, there's, there's a, um, you know, you have kind of shared goals, you, you, you meet in a shared space, um, and, and you kind of have to rely on each other in some sense. So it's kind of, I guess, network, it's so, something a bit like a, like a network, I guess, um, to me at least. Um, and, and that to me is something quite different and, and much more specific than uh community like the idea of community as it's as it's often used as this kind of like um again like monolithic um term for all gay people or all lgbti people hmm. how do i mean how do you feel about that as a sort of working definition yeah i think i think it's interesting I use the term gay or queer community quite a lot in my writing as well, um, because it seems because because there's an ease to it, um, yep. because yeah, it's yeah. an easy it's an easy way to use it. It's but a I shorthand. do yeah, it's a shorthand. But I do question it when I do it, um, because it's it's problematic in that you're right. It's not there is no monolithic gay community. There are huge chunks of the gay or queer community that I would have uh, little or no access to, and sometimes rightfully so. Sometimes because um, they're extremely cliquey and can be very difficult to access um, and not particularly open or welcoming. Uh, and that's okay. That's how, you know, we're talking about lots and lots of people sure, who, sure. Um, who are a demographic in many sense. Uh, and we don't talk about that sort of demographic in, as a, in the terms of community for any other sort of demographic. We rarely do anyway. Um, no, you know, we, we don't, don't talk about like women as a community, community for example. Yeah, or yeah. The, yeah, even Indigenous people as a community that we, we sort of uh, recognise. I mean, I, I actually think that's a, bit com- that's a bit comparable. Yeah, Actually, it's potentially a bit horrible, yeah. but but any any anyway, um, we don't talk. You know, women is a good example. We don't talk mm, about yeah. the women community, um, and um, but you know, at the same time, I'm wondering, you know, uh, yeah, how how we define community, I don't know, and I think it really depends on the 
the people within such a community like i know it's really difficult to do that um and i'm just trying to trying to work through you know the sort of mutual dependence is good but i don't think that's always the case uh so if we think about community in the sort of geographic sense of you know the canberra community for example you know which i think is is uh, is is a community uh, in different senses. It's not just a mutual dependence, but there is a connection there around a particular thing. And that's where I think that sexuality can be. So, you know, if you talk about the camera community, the Melbourne community, or the, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, the Melbourne, you know, the Sydney community, there's a connection around a physical space there and a city space that everyone has access to, even if everybody does not necessarily know each other or have mutual dependence on each sure, other. Sure, sure. Um, I, I mean, I guess, how, I mean, to sorry. me, that that's... Um... I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to go too deep into semantics, I guess, but I mean, for me, that's, that's something else, you know, mm. like that, like to talk about, say the Mel, like to me, the Melbourne community is not a thing in the same way that the gay community is not a thing, you know, yeah, I guess there are lots of communities to... in Melbourne that maybe have that as a, as a sort yeah, of yeah. defining feature, but in terms of being able to say that broadly, I, I, I wouldn't be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, so I think that, I think I could be able to do that, and I think that's maybe where we differ, and that's where sure. I would differ around stuff around the queer community in the sense that I can understand how the connection around sexuality can create a sense of community. Uh, that doesn't mean, and there is no community in the world where everybody feels happy and supported and loved in that community, uh, but it's, you know, how you define that, I think just, you know, there's a lot of semantics around that, and I'm, I, you know, and I'm, I'm happy to take a bit of a broader understanding but to interrogate actually is, you know, is the community that we have an open community? Is it one that is actually welcoming and accepting? Is it one that, you know, I think we talked about family in last week. Is it, you know, is it actually a family? No, it's clearly not. There are lots and lots of problems. Is that inherent to the idea of community? Is it inherent to the fact that, you know, we have a community, you know, set up around um, a demographic, a demographic thing you know, around someone's sexuality? Yes, that's probably inherent to that, um, but I can understand and I and I participate actively in the in the idea of, you know, sometimes I have a connection, much more of a connection because of sexuality in these communities. It is an important opening space for me, and so I can understand and feel feel connected in a sort of community sense in that kind of way. So maybe I'm maybe I I'm, I'm less cynical in this particular aspect than you are, which is very strange, um, because, I'm <laughs> quite, because I'm often quite cynical. But, you know, what do you think? Uh, well, I mean, for me, I suppose the, the issue... I mean, because, you know, the, the obvious question is, like, what, why does this stuff even matter? Um, and I guess, to me, the problem is not so much the existence or otherwise of a community. Mm. It's that we use the word to describe something that probably isn't one. And so I think that becomes, and I guess this sort of ties in a bit to what I was saying last episode about um, the, the family stuff. And we've sort of talked about this. I feel like it's also quite related. And I think I said this last time as well to um, uh, the way we talk about pride, that, that when we kind of use th these sorts of words, um, wh when they just become kind of embedded in, in, uh, a, a, the culture of a of a of a group. Let's groups a nice kind of neutral term while we're talking about this. Um, mm -hmm. Embedded in the culture of a group, I, th I think it can um, uh, sort of block us, I guess, from um, 
actually getting at questions around is community good? Is it bad? Do people have access to it? Because we just kind of assume that it's there. Um, and I think that's absolutely something that we do um, that, that que queers do, um, you know, that we, that we do use this kind of language of community. I mean, I'm personally of the, the opinion that um, community is a sort of fundamentally important thing and that it, it, it to me is sort of the, it, it's the, the, at the core of my, um, my, pol my politics, I, I guess, that, mm, that mm. Um, kind of the, the community and, and I guess specifically I meant it in the, in the way that I defined it earlier is um, something to be cultivated and, and something that is kind of a guard against a lot of ills, like that sort of social connection that comes from from community. And and I so I, this topic I think is an important one because um, there are a lot of people who don't uh, a lot a lot of queer people who don't have access to that, who don't have access to that kind of social connection um, for all sorts of reasons, um, and and kind of creating this, um, uh, you know, we, by sort of assuming that we all, we talk about it as if we all do have access to something that we, that we simply don't. And I think that's kind of the, the issue for me here, which kind of then leads into questions about, well, you know, how do you sort of deal with those issues and, and how do you cultivate those things? I mean, I guess I would be curious to hear your thoughts on, on whether, uh, I mean, do you think community is a is a good thing under under whatever definition you might want to describe well, it? Naturally, yes. You know, I'm not I am not an individualist. You know, there is no society kind sure. of person. <laughs> so you know, of course, of course, community is really really important. I'm not, and you know, and I think that uh, that is integral to my politics as well. A communal communal sense of the world is really important to me. Uh, and I think you are right that. Um, that in talking about community in the way we do, we sort of assume an access to it that doesn't exist for lots of people uh, and for a whole range of particular ways. And you only have to look at some of the tensions within the quote unquote queer community to understand that, that there are people who come from very, very different worldviews uh, who are sort of flung into the same community, again, quote unquote, uh, and just that doesn't make a community necessarily. I guess where I would come from is that I can understand how sexuality can be a starting point for the creation of a community. How sure, sure. And do that. Um, that doesn't mean, and so that so I'm less cynical around the use of the term queer community in that sense. But you are right, I think, in that that doesn't mean everyone has access to it. Absolutely, absolutely not. And um, and so I guess it's the sense where there is a demographic that I think is an import can and is an important starting point for some creation of some communities. But that doesn't mean everybody within that demographic is part of that same community. But it also doesn't mean that everyone within that demographic isn't also part of other communities as well. And I think yes, that yeah. that's an important thing to think about as well. Totally. And I, I you know, I absolutely agree with everything you've said. I, I think, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I, I think there are, fewer points of difference between us than, than um, maybe we, we've, it, it sounds, you know, like I, I, I totally agree that um, uh, sexuality uh, can, can be a starting point for community. And in fact, I think it's, it's a really important one. I mean, my um, experience, I don't know, I, you know, I think part of it is just a personality thing for me is that I, I'm not the kind of person, I'm not a person who feels at ease in, um, uh, groups, I you know I don't, uh, and it's not a kind of a social anxiety thing. It's more just a like I never really feel like I fit in, whether I do or not. It's probably another question. Um, and yet my involvement over the past say five, four or five years in um, 
queer organizations has for me very much been explicitly about a process of um, feeling some, uh, uh, by trying to access uh, something that looks like a queer community, finding a way to feel comfortable with my own sexuality um, and Mm. deal with my own internalized homophobia. And I think that's incredibly important. Um, Yeah. And I, you know, I would absolutely hope that, that, that we could make it easier for people to, to access that sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that uh, for me, I think I agree. If I did not have access to other queer folk, um, I know that there are lots of things that I want to talk about who I, but I wouldn't feel I have, I have people around me who I'm comfortable talking with uh, and having access to dis- have some of these discussions around around these sorts of issues to be able to figure out myself a lot more um, you know and you know and, and you know dealing with things like figuring out my own sexuality I totally agree having access to that queer community has been re- or that having access to other queer people has been really really important um, like you and me, me Simon yeah yeah absolutely you know and that's, <laughs> and that's true like creating friendship with someone like you has been has been really important uh and that doesn't necessarily mean that there's this great community that i have of you know my 10 queer friends that sure. you, know, you know that i access that you know that we go out every week and that's that's a community i have a i have a disparate group of queer folk who i talk with quite regularly uh who i engage with and who i consider really good friends um whether they're a community or not but they are also part of another community that is sort of broader you know that involves straight people and that you know that, all mm. that sort of stuff um so yes you know it's, it's really important um, and I, but I guess I can see how people, you know, for me, I don't need to have that space, which is only queer. Um, sure. But I, I can see how people do need that space. And I think that's, that's, that's an important thing to understand or to, to participate in. Um, and I suspect you don't agree, disagree with that. No, so no, no. I don't, don't agree with that. Um, I was hoping we were going to find some sharp disagreement. With that, <laughs> how we're, not, we're not ending on that trip. Um, no, but you know, that's, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I mean, then, yeah, like, I, you know, I also absolutely agree with the point that we can kind of belong to multiple communities. I think what, one of the um, sort of, other than this, uh, like how, I guess, uh, deeply sad, I suppose I find it, that, that people who may really need access to, to these spaces and these communities are not always able to do so, which was my own experience for, mm, for kind mm. of much of my 20s. I mean, there, there are sort of political implications to this stuff as well. Um, and I hear this a lot from um, uh, it's 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 rarely stated explicitly, but I but I absolutely think there is an attitude from some in the more um, uh, I guess what if a politician say we mentioned that in the opening was looking at queer people would I mean, they wouldn't say queer gay people say um, would call the gay community being like uh, you know that sort of weird coalition of like activists advocates, lobbyists, um, service providers, that the, the sort of kind of visible, uh, like, top, I don't know, like visible, like politically visible tip of the iceberg yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to um, politicians and policymakers, um, you know, are often looking for uh, uh, um, uh, a singular viewpoint. And I, I think this, this has come up like really, so I, I went to, um, through through work last week, this like quite interesting and strange meeting with the uh, leader of the opposition to kind of put forward, you know, quote unquote, the LGBTI community's views on uh, having a plebiscite on marriage equality. Mm. And it was super weird because it, it was kind of like, uh, I mean, it was, it was 
actually quite transparent in a in a way that I that I liked, which was you know they're kind of sitting there and going, uh, the opposition sitting there and going like, you know, we need to be able to justify opposing this. What like give us some justifications? Like why don't you want this? Articulate why you don't want this, which is absolutely a fair question, you know. Um, and yet they're sitting in a room with a bunch of people from quote unquote the. LGBTI community who don't agree on a lot of things, even on this like one issue. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's a kind of a, a fairly concrete um, uh, uh, negative to, to this way of talking about community. Yeah. And as someone, you know, we don't want to talk about the plebiscite as a policy specific, but as someone here who is far more supportive of the plebiscite than anybody else, or than many other people I engage, well, actually not necessarily, than, than a lot of other people I engage with in the queer community, uh, or the queer community, quote unquote, queer, other, with other queer people, um, as someone who is far more positive about it, it is frustrating to have uh, groups who say, well, this is the queer community's view, uh, when I'm like, well, actually, that's not my view. That's not, I do not agree with you on, on, on that stuff. And this, you know, I think that's pretty common experience, I guess, you know, it's mm. not, you know, that sort of trying to find a universal view that is, this is the queer community. And I think that this goes down to some of the politics stuff um, around, well, you know, just because, you know, so, so sexuality may be a good starting point for creating, for creating community, um, but that doesn't inherently mean that we're all going to agree and it doesn't mean we're all going to have the same viewpoints. So it's a good starting point, but it's not a, it's not an appropriate ending point either. Um, so yes, you know, you, we may may have some inter- similar interests around uh, around a bunch of different stuff, but that doesn't mean we're all going to agree on it. You know, we might have similar um, problems, but it doesn't mean we're all going to agree on it. So the sexuality is a good starting point, but we might have very very different politics, and you see this throughout different parts of queer communities. And it's why when I end up in a queer in queer spaces. I will often have people who I have no connection with at all because our politics are so very, very different or our sure. personality is so very, very different. Uh, and there are other people who I end up connecting with a lot more because we have similar political approaches, we have similar similar ideas, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, you know, you have the straight folk who I will agree with significantly a lot more around these issues than other queer folk. Mm. Um, so, yes, sexually might be a good starting point, but it's not a good ending point necessarily. I mean, it's, um, in- it's interesting. I feel like this kind of, I've been thinking about the, you know, identity politics is something you and I talk about a lot, and uh, and I've been thinking about how this kind of relates to identity politics more broadly. And I think that's sort of the obvious answer to the question: Why do we use the language of community so much around sexuality? Um, but I actually also think that this space of sort of political advocacy is one of the few places that I could point to where. Um, identity politics kind of has a, 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 a use, you know, that, mm. that in fact for often for um, political expediency um, and, and, and just kind of pr- practical reasons, it is very useful to be able to talk about um, uh, an ide- identity-based community and, and you know, to, to, to use the language of community to refer to a demographic um, that it has this kind of unifying and whether that, you know, I absolutely agree that that, that has a kind of shitty side effect of covering up difference and political diversity within those communities. But, um, you know, in reality, a political system often can't handle that sort of complexity, unfortunately. Yeah, but I think that that's not an excuse, um, for the issues that we're talking about. And I think that this where 
<clears throat> it goes down. You know, this is where this is where I I go back to a sort of sexuality not being a good ending point in terms of politics for queer uh, in terms of politics sure. at all. In that. Uh, once you get in, once you start in with sexuality, then there is a whole bunch of other cross issues, and I, you know, and I would say class is the major one that has to be dealt with to be able to understand it. So sexuality might be a good starting point for a community, but until you start thinking about things like class, you can't actually then come out with a good political outcome. Uh, and this is the problem I have with identity politics: is that identity politics thinks of your identity as someone who, you know, of a particular sexuality or being a woman or being a person of colour as the main driving force and the main interest. Sure, the main and... kind of source of your oppression and yeah, yeah. needs. When, yes, exactly. When I think that the main source is actually comes down to class and you see that within queer, queer, queer groups uh, and you see particular the interests of particular people of particular class in queer groups who you know it's their interests who are the ones that end up being the the community's um position on a on a thing is my view um, totally and so- i i like you know obviously absolutely you know agree with that and i, I think it kind of also points to like pro- and i i hear this from um more say like establishment activists um or establishment kind of sector workers um, within uh, LGBTI organisations, or like like a, a frightening, frighteningly often, which are just things like, um, you know, not doing things like community consultation, which is a really sort of basic part of mm. um, this sort of space, because there's this idea that we are by default representative, um, and that's like like hugely worrying, and effectively means that what is taken as the kind of monolithic um, view of uh, the gay community, for example, is simply the view of like wealthy, um, the kind of wealthy white, usually men who run these organisations. Yeah, and I reckon that's a pretty common experience, and it wouldn't surprise me that that happens quite a lot. And and talk to the uh, the non wealthy, non white, uh, the women, the trans folk, and you will hear those experiences over and over again, where there is an assumption of community that um, is based, you know, that doesn't doesn't um that uh, that it doesn't talk to them in in any kinds of way in any in any ways and and i think that you're right that that is the um the very problematic pointy end of this sort of discussion of community where you can just assume that everybody has the same views and because you're the one who was lucky enough to get hired or to run the organization that your views are the same as everybody else's so that's just the way things are and you represent the community therefore and that's just wrong it's just blatantly wrong and it's and it's very bad Mm. and yeah just kind of perpetuates privilege essentially yeah exactly well i think that might be a good place to end um Thank you all for listening again, and we'll be back with another episode in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, you can catch us on queers.podomatic.com or subscribe to us on iTunes. And as we said at the beginning of the episode, uh, please leave a review and rating, which will help other people find us. Uh, You can also find us on Twitter. I'm at Simon Copland, and I'm also on Facebook at Simon Copland Writer. I'm on Twitter at Ben C. Riley. Uh, That's all for today, and we will see you all next time. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 